Oh, what a good, that's, that's a good coincidence. We're both at our cars. That's great. I, I think it's, I, that's yeah. a good lesson in uh, creative marketing, huh? So. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if it's creative marketing. It was literally by circumstance that I was making sure that I wasn't having any landmarks in the background. Anyway, for those that don't know, I am have the pleasure of interviewing Rob Arthur right now for the podcast. How are you doing today, Rob? Um, Peter King. <laughs> absolutely absolutely so obviously um as we've been discussing we've had about two conversations you do a lot of mentorship how did you get involved into your i suppose purposeful journey um i mean the foundation of a purposeful journey it came about because of really my foundation you know i, I grew up in a home where it was clear that the purpose my mom and dad, my, my parents and my grandparents both were more about serving other people. My mom was in a direct sales company for many years. Prior to that, Mason, she was a, a teacher in special education. So she would literally light up when she was really the, the place where her power lies and her ability to really lift people up around her was the fact that she would light up. And she's the kind of lady you met and you instantly knew that she loved you and it was okay yeah. to love yourself. And then she also helped you see very quickly that you had value and you had the power to make a difference. And mom did that really effortlessly. Yeah. So I had some, and then some other, when other mentors came into my life, you know, again and again and again, we, we came to the point now where my wife and I, we, our, our core belief system the reason we're here breathing, walking this planet is to really serve other people. So it was natural that I would, I would look at career choices. And, and, and you and I talked about this where you'd always project ahead and say, is it fulfilling? Is it tied to my purpose? Is it tied to my, uh, what I call my God-given talents and values or not? Absolutely. And that's, that's a huge um, breadth of information. We could just get rolling from there. Um, so with the word value, because it does get thrown around a lot these days, and I, I understand it contextually, but for the people that are listening to this podcast on the other platforms at, or YouTube that are watching this after, this is pre-recorded by the way, but I'll try and make sure that we don't edit much of it. If there's like a minor slip up, maybe, but more to the point, the, the buzzword value, right? Value in, in general, I feel like it's misinterpreted because it's overused. It's kind of like the word, uh, you know, um, you know, buzzwords that people look at and go, oh, what does that actually mean? Can we just, I suppose, use an example? Because we've had conversations before where we're really putting down an example of what the person, first of all, their why, which is obviously a Simon Sinek term, and then how they get there and more importantly, uh, where the destination goes. And I think the most important thing for me personally, and from what I've learned from you, Rob, is to actually redefine um, the outcome. Because if you do set the bar very high and achieve it, because you know we're human beings, we can do a lot more uh, than what we're capable of, that it's really, it's really, I suppose, um, well, it's achievable. That's the thing. And people get, I suppose, a little bit down in the dumps when they go, oh, what's next? And that's why I feel like any form of mentorship, especially yours, is important. And this can come from friends and family. But more importantly, with, with value, what's an example, I suppose, today that you encountered that you had to contextualize it for the person in order for them to understand the meaning behind the buzzword, so to speak? Yeah. Well, well one of the other if you want to say um, maybe vis visuals around value, I love using the word, what comes to mind in this moment is validate or validation. So it's almost like when we think about what our core values are or the value we can give to other people, it's number one to me, as far as our own values, my own values, it's a validation of what I believe in. It's a validation of who I am. It's a validation of, it goes back to a while ago when I mentioned, it's a validation of I, the, every little thing I do has, has a consequence, has an impact, has a ripple effect. Yeah. 
And so number one, it's a validation that number one, I have value to give. And I've done many videos on one of my videos is that, you know, our story desperately needs to be told. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's X number of people out there literally searching for, praying for, looking for an answer. And the most powerful way to connect uh, whatever it is, a lesson of value, an experience, a, a note of wisdom, whatever, is, is, is number one to, to validate who and what they are. So, so number one that comes to mind is the value. But as far as an example, you know, I've, I've worked with so many individuals of all ages through the years. Yeah. Um, one, one example of this, one of my, my number one business partner. Sure. She is now a millionaire partner in our team. And, and through her, we've been able to impact literally thousands of people globally. And to this day, and she's okay with me sharing this, so I'll just say it. Yeah, to enough. this day, to this day, because of conditioning as a child and because of an abusive parent from both ends, including the dad eventually walked out, but including her mom, who she yeah. loves this day, she has worked on She's still working on the grace and forgiveness when it comes to her, her mom. Uh, because of that abuse over the years and the conditioning, 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 you're not enough, you're not enough, you're not a value. Yeah. You know, she still to this day gets struck down sometimes by what I call the imposter syndrome or sabotage. She'll be, she'll be attempting a certain project or a certain training segment or maybe technology, for example. And when it comes up and she's stretched and she feels her imposter says you're inadequate, not enough, then because of the conditioning, she simply steps back from it yeah. versus stepping through it. And to this day, I continually pour validation yeah. and affirmation of her value it's and I, I love doing it because I see it makes a difference in helping her bit by bit by bit believe in herself and to quiet that quiet voice, which sometimes gets to become a loud voice that says you're not enough. And I'm I'm constantly telling her she is more than enough, and and I'm always reminding her of the impact she has had, she is having. And then she will have in the future. So that's one example from yeah, the outside, from yeah, the outside no, looking sure. in. She, yeah, sorry. From, from the outside looking in, she's uber successful, confident, stepping into her power. On the inside, a lot of stuff there. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's funny because, like, for me personally, I have a lot of friends that, that keep me grounded. I like them. First of all, they have to tell me how I'm full of it. And then uh, I suppose I've spoken to you about this before first of all they have to tell me how i'm full of it and then how i can suppose improve more importantly um myself recently i personally have on my own come from a very good family uh, i've got a little bit of a balance i suppose from a bit of yin yang from mum and dad but more importantly i've been really practicing silence because like just simply sitting almost like a monk i suppose in a room by yourself really does teach you a lot about yourself Having said this, I, you have to re-engage with society. Otherwise, it's, it's not real. And not to say that it isn't real. It's still yourself. But you, you learn more about yourself and it's more switched on. So if a person hasn't seen you for weeks, they're like, well, why is this version of Mason different? Because we, we are all accepted no matter what. But I feel like me personally, especially if you're an A-type personality, I know that's a generalization. Um, you just need to simply... Um, remind yourself that people aren't stupid and you have to be patient because as soon as you get to be really comfortable in your own skin, uh, first of all, you should never be fully comfortable, I find, because it's like a 90% comfortable and a 10% discomfort. And the discomfort is, is for growth. But at the end of the day, it's uh, important to be good with yourself. But even still, Rob, I've, I find this recently with me. I don't know if you have the same thing. I'll do that, but then sometimes I get caught up in my own little eco chamber. So you don't want to, I suppose, get too much into work mode because then obviously the vital relationships with your family and friends 
can suffer. However, I have reconnected with them more recently. But then again, I mean, it's, it's almost like we're all kind of going through the motions uh, or on top of it, but control, so to speak, I know this is a real self-help term, is, is largely speaking an illusion. Uh, you can't control everything because for me, that's a higher purpose. For other people, that's just keeping it simple. Uh, and I'm the stupid one. <laughs> that's yeah, a joke. Look, <laughs> look out, look out. Yeah. But you covered a lot there, you know, in, in yeah. what you just shared. Because, because what, it, what it boils down to, I learned this a long time ago, Mason, too, is that I'm always reminding myself that the person I am, and, and I, as I live life and do business and like on this call with you, whatever, if, if we will take into consideration the truth, that whoever we sign, find ourselves at my next uh, networking lunch, for example, yeah. or I'm, I'm on my next airplane ride, okay? If I would take into consideration the truth that the person that life put me here beside, often enough, if we treat that person like they have the most powerful lesson to share with us, that, that they're, that they're the, one of the most important people we'll ever meet. Sure. If we can, if we can enter that conversation from that humble mindset and that awareness, it, it will transform, it, it will literally transform how we connect with people or how we don't. Mm, absolutely. Now, obviously, from the outset, I, I did raise this uh, earlier this morning for me uh, before you were uh, off to, to bed where you're located because we're obviously in different time zones. Uh, and this, this podcast is well, great uh, so far, inevitably. But when it comes to, I suppose, the words multi-level marketing or pyramid kind of stuff. I did watch a video. I did like it. And I think it, there is value in the structure. It's just obviously about doing the work right and believing in uh, said structure. But it's obviously um, there are good ones and bad ones, I suppose. Uh, I was looking into the content that you sent me. I was like, you know, the Mythbusters. And look, largely speaking, a lot of it, there's a lot of value in it. It's, I suppose, like we're going back to what we were saying earlier what your destination is, I suppose, or what the journey is and whether you want to align yourself with that. And I personally like gaining experience from people like yourself uh, because you've, well, you've immersed yourself in it and I'm just starting out very much still establishing my zero to one, but things are going well, quite well in my opinion. Yeah. I'm glad you took the time to, uh, to watch some of that. So did you have a question? Yeah, no, so the question, the question that I, um, I, I'm asking is how do you, I suppose, convey this? Because obviously there is value in the structure, but it needs to be done very candidly and very transparently in, in the day and age where there have been a lot of stuff-ups. I, I still don't know the result of the whole uh, um, Herbalife thing with Bill Ackman. Um, I think that's still like that's pretty much gone to the can. I don't think that was a good short that he made. Bill Ackman, the uh, you know the Jewish investor, you know. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. Like, um, do you? How do you combat? I suppose bad press is the question I'm asking. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I heard the last question, and then I heard the maybe the inherent question built into the to this. What is how do we address kind of the, uh, the misconception at times yes, um, absolutely. Uh, of the industry as a whole? So I was uh, to answer the podcast. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. So yeah. it's all about being perfectly imperfect. Yes. Yes. Of course. So anyway, um, so the, the, the latter question, I think the simple, the simple answer when it comes to, if you do have any bad press, um, by the way, I, I'm I'm happy to say that our our company, which which is uh, just shy of 18 years old now, we we literally don't have bad press. But but again, there'll, there'll be the uh, competitors and naysayers who. I, one of the things when my if I have a pers prospective um, customer or associate who does uncover naysayers, whatever, I, my immediate reaction is, yeah, man, rock on. That means we're doing something right. Yeah, so, I get that feeling too. <laughs> No, no, whether it's, whether it's your podcast or who you are, even as a person, yeah. if, if when, when 
when we put a voice out there and we put a belief out there, much less a statement, and we put you know ourselves on the line the way I think we're supposed to live, then we're going to have people that agree, people that disagree, and even people that attack us. And that, that to me is a sign that we're doing something right, and we actually are getting a vo our voice out there and heard. So, um, but if you do have when you when I when I've seen companies that have bad press, and when they address it, number one with total 100% responsibility, when they address it with candor, when they, when, they put the, when they put the finger right back here and said, yeah, I take full responsibility and here's, uh, number one, we, number, and, and, and the other part of the uh, dealing with any kind of bad, and this, occur, this, can, this can occur in our life, like if somebody has something negative against you or whatever, and a third party tells you, well, this person just said A, B, and C, Number one, the number one rule of thumb is to find a way to get to the source and be upfront and candid and address the source before we address the hearsay. And mm -hmm. so get to the source, yeah. take 100% responsibility for any communication, or, or, but, but clarify that and, and then have a upfront heartfelt conversation. If it's bad press and there's something legitimately that you made a mistake on, admit the mistake and, and work hard and say, here's how we're gonna rectify that. So um, that's my take on the, the if bad press occurs. Well, when it comes to the, it, the, to me, it's a beautiful industry yeah. of MLM network marketing, direct sales, they're, they're all similar in some ways. Sure. Um, there is a big difference between the three. Uh, we can touch on that or not, but yes, the, the of point of what, when the reason I fell in love with this kind of business many years ago was the at the heart, at the core of of how to build a successful business in this genre, in this profession that I'm in, that I love, is what it boils down to two things. Number one, it's about empowering other people. So the essence of what I do, the more I can empower and pour belief in and, and help co-create and help others step into their greatness, the more, the more solid and successful I will be in this type of business. And, and number two, this truly is a business of glass walls. One reason for, the, um, for some of the misconception about the industry, some of the founding companies were founded before we had the age of computer. They, they, they have an older style of compensation plan because when they launched the company, a lot, a lot of these algorithms and equations weren't, we weren't able to do those. So as, they, as we moved along here, number one, it's, it's an easy, it's just as easy to get in, in this kind of business as it is to get out of the business. You can, you can literally come into this a global business here where, the, where this, there's no limit on your income for a couple hundred bucks US or 250 Australian, whatever it is, and literally be out of it a week later. Yeah. So one reason that the story does get around, some people do build pipe dreams, hype dreams, say we'll do all the work and come in and be rich overnight where number one, they aren't being realistic and they're full of hype and smoke and mirrors. And the other reason is that it is easy. Yeah, it, it is easy for people to say, oh, I'm in the business and they just signed a piece of paper or a computer enrollment and they got a few products and they haven't even gone through any education or mentoring, much less, you know, got the word out there and got some people on board. So then they never, they aren't even in the business and then a month later, they say, I'm out of the business, where in reality, what were they even in? So, um, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, Rob. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to be gleaned from that. And there's a lot of knowledge to take away. So I, I encourage everyone from now onwards for these one-on-one um, -on -one podcasts that I do, especially remotely to take notes. I am in my car right now. I'm very in the moment with this conversation. So I'll just stick with it for the time being. But adversity, because we were mentioning earlier a woman that obviously we won't go name because it's protect privacy. Um, when it comes to adversity and I suppose 
helping people through times of trials and tribulations, so to speak, it's, I find it very vital to, like you said, if you treat people like people, make good eye contact and just get them to laugh every now and again, it, it does help um, no matter what. But more, more importantly, what are some adverse times that you've gone through and how has that shaped you to the man that you are today? Very healthy looking. Correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, so let's let's just get it full context. What's your age again? Because you do not look your age. You're very healthy looking and fit. I'm not working with you. I'm very straight. Or am I? Who knows? (laughs) It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. So uh, Mason's a whippersnapper, as you know. When you're 25, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm 25. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. I got got two. My my uh, ego got a little bit large there. You have a lot more clarity uh, when it comes to your mission than I did at 25. So uh, yeah. I commend you for that. So I, I just turned the speed limit about uh, about a month ago. So I'm 55 and uh, at least here in the States. And um, so it's good. So I, I now forgot your question now that you asked my age. Yeah, sorry. So ad- ad- adverse times and how that's molded oh, yes. the man you are today. Adverse times. Uh, a couple things. I did a Facebook Live yesterday. My... A, uh, a very personal, I, I labeled my Facebook live, it's on my YouTube channel now, but it was a, a very personal uh, time dealing with adversity. And it was about my journey starting in high school all the way through my um, mid twenties actually, where I would not just had a speech impediment, but I would actually literally have blocks. And uh, you know, occasionally we meet people who maybe they stutter, maybe they have a speech impediment, et cetera it's so easy to judge versus when you go through something like that. One of the things that we, I think often enough take for granted and which, and we often get to the mindset that it's like breathing. It's like raising your finger right here. This is truly a miracle right here. So every little thing is a miracle. And so when I, I'm so thankful that I went through a period in my life where even my speech did not flow and I had to, I became brutal, um, very embarrassing and sometimes shameful experiences, not shameful, but embarrassing, um, where at times when I couldn't talk and I would look around and people just flowing and they never had any types of impediments there in the way they expressed themselves. I would, I would judge, I would say, why me? Why is that not fair? But then, but I, well, I went through it. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've got video going and the audio is back on. So yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, so one way I addressed that was just addressing it head on. You know, even when I was just finished high school, I immediately started waiting tables first. Um, yep. a, lot of, a lot of us have waited on people and you're waiting on them, you approach the table, they look you in the eye, and you've got to get the words out and much less ask different questions throughout the meal. So, and yeah. then I begin to, I, I'm not sure you have it in Australia. Do you have Kirby vacuums in Australia? We have a lot of different types of vacuums. I'm not particularly familiar with that brand of vacuum, but yeah, we've got, we've got many vacuums. Cause you know, we all have, you know, pet kangaroos over here. Of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. Look out. We always have pet alligators because I grew up in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. I went to school in a Piro. Yeah. Right. But anyway, um, so I, I, I just, my point is the insurance sells, etc. So in Toastmasters, I, when I won several, several uh, regional competitions with Toastmasters. So the point is, uh, jobs and do things that forced me to become fluent in how I express myself, but I'm so thankful that I went through a time when it didn't flow because I, I'm very aware now and grateful for some of the small things that we often enough take for granted. And, and in my sporting career, pretty, if I look back from winning state championships, winning a national championship, et cetera, almost every milestone that I achieved in my endurance uh, story, if you will, there was, I broke an ankle here, I had pneumonia there, or I, you know, there's all, I had an injury there, there's all kinds of injuries that were very close to some of my most major milestones that you simply just have to work through. So I, to me, adversity makes us who we are. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose for me more recently, um, it's very easy, obvious because I'm a millennial, you know, smartphones and, you know, the whole validation with that. But it's more, I suppose, old school for me lately is uh, the whole, um, you know, self-awareness because obviously when people experience anxiety, I, I like to flip it. Like sometimes obviously anxiety is just anxiety, but for me, I view it as being becoming more self-aware. But then at the end of the day, I have to be really resilient in the fact that um, it's clear that that you need to confide in people that actually, uh, well, authentically you believe in the moment are within your best interests and obviously their best interest and move forward uh, either independently, collaboratively, collaboratively or, or otherwise. So it's, it's very important. I, I do like the story that you just gave and it's, it's obviously very relatable and it's very relatable now that I have to like move around my car because, you know, we're connecting from uh, overseas and the, um, the Wi-Fi connection is rather shoddy, but it's good because the audio will keep this safe, to be honest with you. It's uh, been quite, uh, quite the um, coincidence that it's all worked out. But anyway, more to the point, um, what's the, I suppose, when you sign someone up, right? when it comes to the millennial um, market that you target, you're more, more about building a brand, right? Building a legacy. How do you vet people? Because obviously you reach out to people like myself and others. Um, is there anything that you look for in particular? So if anyone was listening or viewing this right now, what do they need to, I suppose, reach out to you or grab your attention? Yeah. What, what I, number one, what I look for as far as values and validation for people is individuals i i have three primary things that i that i look for in individuals number one they are able to dream they're visionaries and they obviously want to make a bigger impact they want to make a contribution um and number two they 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 simply want more adventure but adventure shapes and sizes maybe it's that next really full experience in a new culture. Maybe it's the adventure of growing and stretching and, and working on their better leader, a better communicator, a better mentor, a better partner to their significant other. For individuals, as I already touched on, who really feel a calling to really serve other people and they wanna contribute at a higher level do in a job situation. And, and so I look for individuals who simply want more. They don't want 40 year plan was broke a long time ago. And, and obviously somebody that's, that is connected on their different, uh, on this platform here on social media. Two seconds. There's, is, there's a plane going overhead, two seconds. And I'm trying to get myself out of the I, parking lot or at least. I can't even hear it. Wi-Fi hospital. Sorry, continue, Rob. <laughs> no problem. So I, I can't even hear it from my end. Yeah, okay, two seconds. Um, I'll try and get this. Sorry, it's pre-recorded, so we're all good. Um, let's get this working again. Actually, Rob, two seconds. I'm just going to drive to a, a better location. Um, and I'll edit this part out. I'll keep you on the phone. Um, okay, you still there, mate? I'm still here, yes. Yeah, all good. Um, I'm just going to go to parking lot with better lighting and then there's the undercover parking lot to be honest with you um so it's all good you're still with me i'm just gonna make sure that still there mate i'm still here yes brilliant so if you're out of here and we're driving literally driving as we go on the power passion podcast and rob's on the other end of the phone we're patiently waiting whilst i get <laughs> out of the undercover area you know what i've got a parking lot here which is fine as long as i get nothing in the background and landmarks of where I am, I can protect. Mason, yes. Mason, do you know how many webinars and Zoom calls I've done from outside the places? It's, it's crazy. And before we had hotspot capability, I can't tell you how many Starbucks I would pull up in the parking lot as close to the building as I could to do my next webinar or, yeah. uh, some of them, some of the restaurants begin to have Wi-Fi. So I find myself, I found myself for years before we had, again, the hotspots capability being very creative when it comes to getting a signal. So 
Absolutely. And to be honest with you, I'll keep the car running because that's the easiest way this is going to go. And hey, presto, that should work a lot better. And we're back. And for those that don't know, the bit that I edited was literally just me hopping in the car, talking to Rob and uh, getting to a new location because the Wi-Fi hotspot on my phone literally wouldn't go through the uh, multi-level parking lot. And I honestly was, as both Rob and I are, we're busy individuals. I'm at the end of my day. He's at the start of his. Anyway, that's, that's another question. How do you deal with slowing your thought down? Because I have coping mechanisms do you have, do you read a lot? Do you confide in friends? How do you re-engage with, uh, I suppose, normalcy in society? I don't want to sound too elitist there. Uh, but, but yeah, how do you get, how do you re-engage after you're very much in the moment, very much in the now, so to speak? Um, so is your stay aware stay in line with my priorities and values or is it more are they more in line with uh, most effectively connecting with others i mean what what part of the yes yeah, so, so i'm sorry so when you're like literally burning the candle at both ends working really hard how do you reconnect with the, the outside world because obviously if you've locked yourself away in your office and you're thinking nothing but numbers and you go into a cocktail party, you're not exactly going to be the last of the party. That's what I mean, right? So, so, so if I'm on the grind and I don't slow my thought down, my friends usually look at me more, more often than not than I'm a bit of a wild man, which I am. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I think part of it is, is realizing, uh, again, it goes back, remember it goes back to the lesson I was talking about, the simple mindset where the next person you find yourself beside is that if you're able to, even for two or three minutes, whatever it, it allows um, is to, is to have the mindset and decide, wow, this person very well may be the most important person I'll, I'll meet to my, to date in my life. Yeah. So let's, what have I treated the conversation like that? Mm. And it, to me, it goes back to that simple decision and and, and I guess to be candid, my type of business, yes, there is the time where I work on content and value because in this day and age, uh, we, we, all of us provide a lot of content, at least those who are doing social media and doing it well. And, but that being said, my income producing activity are my, my IPA, income producing activities are my DMOs, my daily method of operation. It centers around having genuine authentic conversations with people so when i'm in my work mode one difference may be between kind of the, the the chapters that we're in right now with our businesses and life my my ideal work mode a big chunk of that time is is having mess messaging connecting with asking questions and even calls like this with with a variety of individuals from coaching calls, mentoring calls, prospecting calls. My, my presentations are normally via tools and resources. Yep. And then I simply follow up on what's the takeaway, what's the value. So, but as far as how I uh, engage in a situation, maybe I've, well, an, an example is I just recently went to Colorado yep. and I was visiting an, a, a holistic center there. I was staying with friends. And then I come back here to re-engage with my community here. Yeah. So how I switch gears into re-engaging with that community is, is looking around, number one, and, and seeing the value and the impact that each individual can make in my life and business. Um, and that's simply, to me, a mindful decision and a reminder. Mm. That makes sense. No, and it makes complete sense. It's uh, obviously it differs from person to person. I I prefer one of it is reading, uh, using my finger as a measure, one word, and then obviously something creative. After that, I like to normalize it. Uh, I have nulled it down to a 25, 25, 25, 25 split. I have done 50, 50, but that's a little bit too. Well, it's 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 two different strokes for different folks to use an Australianism. It's it, you, you could get me on a on a creative day and I might be 
a little bit too divergent and then people will go, what is this version of Mason versus a more logical, pragmatic, methodical and, uh, you know, systematic, I hate that word, but way of doing it. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You and I, you know, I think it's it's wonderful that we have conversations like this because you and I are very different in how we think. Of course. And, and even how we, some of the, all of us have filters for like it or not. And we have very different, different personality styles and types, which is a beautiful thing. And, and part of that is, is learning those different personality styles, the best of our ability and realizing that some of the opposite personality styles we can learn the most from. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a good lead up question that I can ask you. What are the leadership styles that you look up to? What are you modeling, so to speak? And for those who don't know, modeling is just simply taking a habit of a high performing person in the world. And I suppose modeling it around your daily routine and habits in order to optimize your performance. So a lot of buzzwords there. It's just to be better at whatever you're doing in your life. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things I do that it's a practice that I, that I teach. And I also, I learned this from a couple different mentors. I have a secret board of directors and it's secret because they don't know they're my board of directors. Uh, one of them does, but I have like seven people and uh, two are passed on. Uh, well, actually three are passed on uh, four are still living and I've all, and two of them I haven't even met. I've just listened to their books through the years and their tapes. So my secret board of directors are the mentors, the role models that live a life or have lived a life that I strive to, I would love to, for example, live that type of life and that legacy and that impact. Sure. And so what I do with these secret board of directors, when I've, when I've come at different um, phases or different pages of my chapter in my life that I'm at a crossroads or I have to make some really important decisions, then I get in the right state. You know, we learn a lot about state from Tony Robbins and other mentors. Sure, sure. The right music, the right environment, the right, you know, yeah, mindset. Everyone jumping up and down on trampolines, singing Kumbaya around a campfire. There's multiple ways of doing it, I suppose. Going for a cold shower and then, I suppose, a green tea and, you know, I'll cut with the satire. Continue, sorry, Rob. No, no, all kinds of ways of getting into state. So, uh, so and then I, my place I go to metaphorically is I love the mountains and it's a, uh, it's a fall day in the mountains, very crisp day. Yeah. And there's this big meadow. There's a, an incredible crystal clear stream flowing through. There's a, 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 there's a log cabin there with logs as wide as my car. And in the middle of that log cabin, there's a fire going and there's a petrified table. It's a round table. And I can metaphorically go to this, this, this safe place that I resonate in my, I'm vibrating, I'm vibrating at a high level because yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I can literally go there and, and look around to my, my seven key role models and ask them different questions. And because I know their values and how they live life and some of the, the ways they express themselves, I can literally gain from each of them uh, on what they would, what their feedback would be from me. So that's one exercise that I do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I suppose for me personally, I, I suppose I got the similar idea. It's like obviously visualization, right? The power of visualization going to a certain place in order to get yourself in the focus zone that you desire for whatever outcome you're partaking in during the day. My one comes from uh, uh, Daniel Tosh, the comedian. One of his bits, he goes, uh, sometimes when I get stressed, I just go to Hawaii in my mind. And he just, so I, I thought to myself, okay, so if I use that, um, on a fictitious novel, then I'll be able to method act my characters. So I was doing that a lot recently because I'm an author and I understand there are multiple readings to a book. And in order to actually, I suppose, visualize my characters, I needed to take my characters to an extreme, which I would not suggest anyone uh, would do. Uh, but more to the point, visualization is very important but then also i think it's important to take a step back from that right rob because you can get too immersed in it and then people go oh, what happened to the characteristics that i liked actually that's so that's a very good lead up question i'll cut the jargon so more to the point if someone dislikes 
that visualization, at, at what point do you, I suppose, reassess who you feel is more important or valuable to you in your life journey? Because obviously everyone's valuable, but specific times and places during uh, a year, so to speak, uh, certain people like your, your friends and family, uh, you might want to remain a little bit distant, obviously not cut the ties, but in order to protect them, you might, I suppose, confide in new people. Do you ever find yourself doing that, reassessing, writing it down on pen and paper and going, okay, I prioritize. I know it seems a little bit too uh, commoditized, I suppose. And, you know, it's, it's more to the point is like, how do you do that? Do, how do you go about deciding who's important in your life depending on the day, time of the week? Because obviously parents are good, but, but who is important to you right now, Rob, I suppose? Obviously your wife, first and foremost. Yeah, I, I think to me what it boils down to is when we're asking ourselves who to spend time with, who to invest, who to, as we look at our day and weeks and months ahead, yeah. who do we desire to spend time with? The, the simple answer to the question is, one simple answer is number one, who is in alignment uh, on, on some level with who I am? Um, like for ex a simple example is uh, in my, my family, I have two siblings, yeah. uh, one sibling, they're, they're both girls, both sisters. And obviously my dad's 82 now. So I, I'm about to go on my annual family elk hunting trip up to the mountains. And I'm, I'm investing over two weeks of my time with, with my dad, who's 82. I don't know how many more hunting trips I'll have with him. Yeah. Um, I'm investing time with my sister of my two sisters. The one I spend, if I look at my two sisters and the time I've spent with them, I've spent 90, literally 95% of the time with, with the one sister who I'm going hunting with in this case, then I've spent with 5% with my other, my other sister. I love her and I always will. I, I learned a long time ago, you can love somebody and you don't always have to like their actions or even some cases yeah. some of the ways they, they live life um, but especially when it comes to family you can love them but you may not like some of the way they act in life and how they live life and some of their actions so part of that part of the answer is 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 allowing ourselves to forgive uh, remember the hawaiian prayer um the um it's it's a okopanoa hokopa Panoa something, but it's anyway, just Google it. Yes. Hawaiian, sure. Hawaiian forgiveness prayer. And it, it, it goes like, you know, um, please forgive me. Um, thank you. Uh, I love you. And it, 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 the essence of the prayer is you're asking, you're asking for forgiveness. You're acknowledging responsibility. And then you're thanking them like, it's it's done and then you're expressing love for them and yourself both yeah. and part of what it is with families concerned is having the grace to be present and be available and from a place of forgiveness and grace without keeping the walls down and the other part of our forgiveness maybe and most families have one or two or more individuals who have transgressed in some shape or fashion. And we can either live in the past and keep punishing them, but you're actually punishing yourself more than them um, for this transgression or whatever, or you can put the walls down and have grace and forgive them. And in turn, you forgive yourself because yeah. one of the huge lessons was that forgiveness is not something that somebody has earned or deserved. Forgiveness is a gift that we can give freely. Yeah, no, totally, okay. totally. Why, um, sorry, so continue, yes, go on. No, I, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to branch off into forgiveness and grace, and, uh, but that, to me, it's a huge part of when it comes to family dynamics. Uh, when it comes to the people outside of family that I am going to choose to spend time with, it's, again, it goes back to the individuals that resonate and 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 support and they live life in alignment with our values morals ethics faith belief and those are the individuals that we ideally reach yeah. out to and, and invest more time with 
Absolutely. And I suppose my only example of a similar Hawaiian forgiveness prayer, and I suppose realigning myself with people that really matter and are vital in order to keep the, uh, the ties connected for me is um, I suppose like a chant that my mum used to tell me it was, um, and I'll try and quote verbatim and I hope mum watches this one. I'll get her to watch it eventually. <laughs> she, she's starting to watch the content. Is uh, it goes like this? It's a Buddhist chance. Ungate paragate parasongate body soha or something like that. It's um, but beautiful. It's really calming. Uh, it's really repetitive. Uh, she used it a lot on me, I suppose, when I was a kid, uh, and having a little bit of you know the boogeyman in the closet kind of thing. You know, young childhood uh, nightmares. You know, so but my I love my mum and she's watching. Uh, shout out. Love you. Awesome. We, we love our moms. And by the way, that the four lines to the Hawaiian prayer is, is they're real simple. It's, it's um, please forgive me. Thank you. And I love you. So I, I, I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry. I have to say it several times to get it. I'm sorry. So you're acknowledging her responsibility. Yep. Please forgive me. Putting the walls down, asking for grace. And number three is thank you. You're acknowledging the fact that I forgive myself. Please forgive me. I assume full responsibility. And then number four is expressing, you know, love and appreciation. So that's the the four simple lines to this Hawaiian. So a lot more simple than the prayer, the chant that mum uses. But I love my mum's chant either way. I suppose I'm going to have to side with mum. I'm a little bit of a mummy's boy right now, but I do intend to move out in about a month. So I love you, mum. But I always stay in contact. Don't worry. Anyway, more to the point. So when it comes to it, do you have, I suppose, uh, a prospectus? Um, you're very much focusing on the mentoring side of things by the looks of it. Uh, what else consumes most of your time? That's actually the question I'm going to ask. I'll digress. How do you manage your time? Are you, you because you're obviously you're very experienced with a lot of the things that you do. Are you very good at what you do by all, all intents and purposes? You've got a lot of vested interest in Australia and New Zealand in what you do. Um, so more importantly is how do you deal with your time management? Uh, because I find myself personally struggling with the whole analysis paralysis versus doing and I need balance a lot. And that's why I do constantly engage with, with, you know, making phone calls or doing something real about my day to make sure that I stay grounded, even if it's like literally watching adverts. Because obviously you can get ideas from adverts for personal branding and so forth. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I did learn a long time ago is that it's not so much as having a list as so much as blocking the time blocks. Um, one of my mentors calls it the, the, the waterfall, the cascading type of calendar where it's, it's a, if you look at the calendar and the, the course of the day, it's, it's, it's a cascade. It's a 25 or 30 minute block, a little gap, a 25 or 30 minute block, a little gap, a 25 or 30 minute block. So uh, number one, time blocking to me and the time block is around, Hey, this is my, my LinkedIn uh, follow-up time. This yeah. is my LinkedIn connecting time. This is my, my, my uh, follow-up Friday time. It's Friday. So yeah. whatever that looks like for you, time blocking versus checking a generic, a, a, a list, yeah. which can create guilt and remorse and frustration. Time blocking to me is a big thing. And then there's also a book out, uh, many books on the subject, obviously, but one of my favorite books is called The One Thing. Absolutely. That, that's, that's brilliant. And I, I, am sorry to interject Rob, but I've only got 10% battery life. So we'll continue for another two minutes. So concluding remarks here, uh, one obviously focuses, focus on how you can fight in mentors. I think that the large theme of this podcast has been mentors and also personal branding and going through times of adversity and then also building a legacy. And more importantly, making sure that, there is clear myths and misinterpretations of multi-level marketing, uh, pyramid schemes. And there's a lot of different things uh, that partake in that, uh, that jargon that gets people a little bit uh, deterred. Because all these terms, as we know, as human beings, are just big words to make sure that other people stick out of the, the game, so to speak. And I, I am a, I'm a young man, but I do have a little bit of a beak, like an eagle, so to speak. 
That's why I like the West Coast team over here. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, some concluding remarks from you, Rob. Where can we find you? Obviously, I'll leave your LinkedIn in the description below. Um, just a quick concluding remark from yourself. Yes, uh, reach out on LinkedIn, uh, on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash Robert Mentoring. Uh, drop me a friend request. Uh, my, uh, one of my favorite, one of my page, I have several pages on Facebook. One is uh, Robert Arthur dash network marketing training. And then uh, on YouTube, it's uh, under my name or the Arthurs on YouTube at my channel there. And that's yeah. always constantly expanding. So um, my, my closing remark is number one is realize that you truly are a miracle, that you truly are unique, that every little thing you do uh, can and does make a difference. And there's somebody praying, somebody looking for, yeah. somebody in need of um, your story, the value that you bring, the, the life lessons you've lived, whether you're, whether you're a teenager or whether you're 105, uh, all of us have a tremendous amount of value to bring. And we yeah. truly are made, I, I, I always clank, I will close with my faith. I'm very grateful that we are created in the image of an almighty and let's, let's live life like we believe that. And I think that's great. It's, um, I'll conclude in a little bit more of a, a simple terms is universal truths that we don't own. Chicken or the egg, we could be here forever and ever. Real truth is, it's what you make of it. Keep it simple, stupid, you know, whether it's Darwinism or whatever you want to go with. Anyway, thank you so much, Rob, for being on the podcast. I'll just do a quick tip. It. So you can donate to the podcast in the PayPal link below. All these, the donation goes towards better camera equipment, facilities so i don't have to be in the car and do this uh freaking tom cruise stunt i suppose but it's been brilliant material from you rob anyway as i have made a pledge on the previous podcast and i know this might sound a little bit absurd but i say a lot of crazy things as a young foolish 25 year old because i can afford to take risks every donation not only goes to myself but 50 50 between me and my guests from now onwards so that includes daniel yao and then also there was the previous podcast and it also includes Rob. So the money's not just going to me, it's also going to Rob. And I mark I put my hand on my heart and because I believe in a higher purpose, uh, that's the truth as of this moment. So as of this moment, 50-50%, you're not just donating to me, but you're also donating to my guests. Anyway, you can also grab my new book, Algorithm Addiction. It's a very good book, funny, witty, opinionated, fast read. Multiple readings is great. It will solve the problem of the dreaded I don't have time to read. You read on your smartphone. It's a nice polished iBooks copy. Grab that. Anyway, thank you so much, Rob, for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure and, and my privilege. And I, I like to cross the global divide from Australia to the US often. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Rob, and have a lovely morning. And I'll, uh, I'll rest up because this has been a bit of a marathon. Thank you so much, Rob. Okay, mate. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye.